Oh, where, oh, where could Tom Scallon be? The man's probably sleeping, it's past 7.30. We got a guest host, Willie Nelson, could it be? His last name is Nelson, but his first name is actually Lee. Welcome back to Talking the Walk, episode 72, Maximum Capacity. I am Paul Patterson. I am guest host, Lee Nelson. Bailey Bishop, in that original artwork, Jake Brown, original music, Tyler Stanley, social media, Joe Martin, fact checker, and of course, Jeff Gravy, marketing. Watch update. 59 minutes a day. Yep, you guessed it. Last week it was 50, now it's 59. What's that tell you? I don't need to get any more into it. I don't need to get any more. And what makes it even worse is, and, and we'll talk about this just for a little bit. I have a cold. And it is cold. And I will tell you, having a cold is awful. Not because of how you feel, but because of how you're treated. You don't sound normal. And now everybody is freaking out that there is something wrong with you. Well, did you go get tested? For the last 35 years of my life, I, this is exactly how I have felt when I get a cold. I have not gone to get tested. I still smell. I still taste everything. And I think I have done a magnificent job of handling my cold, other than the way I've been treated socially um, by people because of the way that things are going. So I think you should just give up. Just get rid of the watch and just get rid, just give up. Uh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not, although I say I'm not ready yet, but still, I'm still a lazy pile. Um, well, you just can't. Saying, why can't you just find some middle ground? Like you are either like I'm lazy or like I'm look like I'm dying. Like, right. Well, I remember that that comment that day. I walked in into the school the and I I I literally couldn't recognize you. Are you sick? What's yeah. wrong with you? I couldn't believe it. You and Mark Hookstra, he had the same reaction to me. Um so we're gonna jump right into Katie's theater. Wait till you get, I, I am, I, as I told her, I'm very impressed with how, how wide she is. She is expanding her movie horizons. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. And again, just so you remember, I read the description. You tell me, you give me your guess on what she gave. So this is Get Hard, okay? Uh, Will Ferrell and um, Kevin Hart. Funny parts, but not my favorite Kevin Hart or Will Ferrell movie. That was her description. That was it? Yep. Three and a half. Spot on. I wish I had some sound effects. You know, maybe give you a little ding, 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 ding that, that you got Cha-ching. it right. Um, this one, I don't even I don't even have to read it. And you're going to tell me what it is right away. Bridesmaids. Yeah, five out of five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very true. I've seen this movie so many times. So funny. The scene at the wedding with the song. Hold on, his alert is hilarious along with the dress trying scene where they all get sick. Okay, here is the one that I, I outside of uh, Get Hard is really, I find it to be really funny just because those two together are funny. Um, are you ready for this movie? I am. The Outsiders. Expansion of movie horizons here. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was going to give me Grease vibes. <laughs> That's a what? That's a mistake. <laughs> uh, at first, but it did not. Wasn't my favorite. Couldn't really get into it. Great cast, but not my favorite. So she has, she has shared with us twice now in her description that it wasn't her favorite. And so sad when the kids die. Did she not read the book in high school? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't I'm everybody? Guessing, I'm guessing not. I don't know. Could you imagine the letdown thinking this was going to be Greece? Like, I mean, I, I almost feel bad. Like, uh, of course, this isn't going to get a very good rating. What'd she uh, give it though? She gave it a three. 1.5. She gave the Just, outsiders one and a half. Oh man. I, that's, Oh, I got to be honest with you, though, when you, when you read that, when when I started reading that about, I thought this was going to be more like Greece. Oh, my gosh. 
that made me laugh. And I'm laughing again about it because it's really fun. So just a reminder to everybody, if you've got a movie that you want to suggest to Katie, make sure you get that to me. And she's been really good about watching it. And again, you know, at one point in time, Katie was only watching certain styles and, and types and genres of movies. Now she's started to expand a little bit. Outsiders is a little bit different than, obviously it's different than Greece um, than, what, <laughs> than what she thought. Okay, we're gonna get personal here for our question. You ready? This is for the males. I, I apologize, it's not, not for the females. You have to urinate, okay? Getting ready to walk into a public bathroom. There are five urinals. No one else is in the bathroom. Where are you going? Uh, middle. Dead center? Dead center. Does it matter if there are, are um, what would you call it, dividers? Does it matter if there's dividers or not? Actually, you know which one I do pick? I like to pick the shortest one. Do you really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is funny. Are you ready yeah, for my I, answer? Yeah. That is the last one I will pick is the oh. short one. And here's why. I feel as though that if there's a little kid that has to come in to go to the bathroom, I want to make sure that that's open for them to be able to use. Huh. So I leave that one. And I usually pick the one as far away from the door as possible. Oh, okay. Well, the short one is generally the closest one to the door. Correct. Correct. So I think I, I, yeah, I mean, all things being equal, I'm going to go in the, the middle just to challenge whoever the next person is. <laughs> Are they going to go next to me or will they choose one of them that is two away? Or well, I also think, so let's talk about that just a little bit. How tight is the walk space behind you to get to that next urinal if they're going to go past you? Mm, okay. If the, if, the, if the room is big enough and there's a lot of room, no issue for getting behind you. But if it's like the bathroom across from Lammers's office, uh -huh. not many people are going to walk past you to get to the, to the urinal that's in, down. How in many the are in there? There's five. No. Okay. Yes. No, there's four. There's four. And either the first one or the last one gets used. The two in the middle never get used in that bathroom. Ever. But that was also built in 1965, and no changes have been made to it. Not only from the colors and the brick that's in there, but also from the urinal that uses about 10 gallons of water to to uh, to flush every time. Okay, so females, I apologize um, if you're listening to this. You're you're not really going to be a part of the of the question, but but males, love to hear from you. And again, this is a public bathroom. Where are you going when it comes to a urinal? And if you have any, any rules to it. Okay. All right. Confessional. I now, and I, and I, I showed Lee this before we got started, but I have now hung um, the old N with the uh, arrow in the feather uh, in the basement. So I now have a little piece of history from Norwalk in the, uh, in the basement here at the house. And um, that's my confessional. Hanging on to a little history. I love that you moved the camera to show so you can see it. Um, everybody on the podcast that listens to audio only. That was. I want you to see it again. Just a reminder. Uh, my my confessional is going to deal some with the uh, cold weather that we are currently experiencing. Okay. I. I've said on here before, not a big fan of the cold and, you know, that, that 50 to 55 degree weather in September is much colder than what 55 is going to feel like here shortly. But I will say like today for everyone kind of freaking out, I thought today was decently pleasant outside, no wind. It, it was, it was chilly. I mean, you could feel like it was it was brisk, but compared to yesterday with that wind, I mean, I'll take today all over again. Well, there are two things that help today, no wind and the sun was shining. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that makes a huge difference. If it's overcast and windy and like this, brutal, brutal. And, 
And then to add to the actual confessional, can people stop posting pictures on social media of like the thermometer in their car? Like we know it's cold. Like you don't like I it's just so dumb and just I'm very sure similar the, to Fourth of July people shooting fireworks off, right? I mean yeah, like the fireworks display. We know it's cold. Like I get it. It just it's so dumb. Uh, I enjoy that. I think that's really fun. Okay, got anything else confessional wise? No. We're jumping into uh, feedback. First one comes to us from Jill Martin. Um, last week, we talked about uh, kids in the portal. That was what Fansville was about. So the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And then also talked a little bit about um, our meeting in uh, um, Boone with the uh, advisory committee. And so we talked a little bit about that. One of the things we talked about was the ejection policy. So I'm setting the, the background for her, re- her response. Not done listening yet, but before I forget, when a student gets kicked out, I believe they have to take some class online through the union before returning to play on top of their suspension. So in the case of tournaments or double headers, athletes still has to sit out seven innings, but also has to have that done first. Um, and yes, they have to have that done also um, is what we, we talked about. And they set out the date. Right. So yeah. that was the, the whole thing. So our proposal from the uh, Iowa Football Coaches Association was that it gets changed so that it's, it's more, um, I don't know what the proper word is, fair and equitable would be that we, we go a, a game. So if you get kicked out, for instance, our, our big thing was if you got kicked out in the fourth quarter of a football game versus getting kicked out in the first quarter of a football game, one kid has to sit a game and another kid essentially has to sit two. So how can we make that fair and equal? Same thing with baseball. If you get kicked out in the first inning, and, I, and I'm rehashing this for those that listened last week, and I apologize, but if you get kicked out in the first inning of a doubleheader, varsity doubleheader on a Monday, and then you have a varsity doubleheader on a Tuesday, you're essentially sitting out 28 innings. Whereas a kid who gets kicked out in the seventh inning of a, of a JV varsity doubleheader on Monday and then has a JV varsity doubleheader on a Tuesday, sitting out eight innings, not, not, that's not very equal. And so they, they are at least going to take a look at, at that and see if they can maybe make that change. I think that's a huge positive. Got anything else on that one or not? No. Um, so then Tyler Shamel came back and then Fansville feedback. I've seen bits and pieces of Seinfeld maybe have to jump on that train to truly understand you as a head coach. Ha ha. Um, I don't think it would hurt if, if that were to happen. Transfer portal is something that bugs me a bit coming from a person who transferred himself. I'm likely contradicting my decision, but I truly believe the transfer portal is slowly diminishing high school and junior college recruiting. I would agree. Why recruit a high school kid who may not be developed when you can go log into the portal and get a guy who is possibly already developed and have college experience. I do think the players should have the right to do this, especially if they are getting a new head coach every year. To me, the numbers um, just don't line up. Not even close to enough scholarships for the thousand plus players in the portal chasing the dream to play D1. Examples like Kaylee Williams from Oklahoma entering the portal and then saying, I'm not counting out Oklahoma blows my mind. D2 has impacted greatly. I think as you have kids transferring from big time D1 school and then coming down to D2, D3, I don't know. How much it impacts because there's no scholarships. It's wild how many kids turn away from D3 simply because you don't get paid to play. NIL is awesome, but scary at the same time. So I thought that that was all really good from him. I don't know what you think. About what? His thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, I mean, there would be enough scholarships for the people in the portal because they would be giving out or giving up their scholarship at that certain school um, to, to play, right? As long as a, if you're not recruiting a freshman then or a, a new kid to come in that doesn't currently have a scholarship. Yeah, I mean. If you have 85 uh, scholarships and one kid gives it up that's currently on your roster, you essentially have 
86 scholarships to give, right? I mean, no, you still have 85. Oh, you have 85. Yeah, you still have 85. But then if a freshman takes it as opposed to a sophomore from another school. Yeah. The, I think the, the difference is, especially at the highest level, most of the kids at this point are, are signed. You True. know, the, and, and the transfer portal, the, the majority of that work um, is, is done after signing day. So I, and I think NIL is great and I don't think it's scary. I think it's just really long overdue that that was never even an option. Well, the, the, the reason why he said it was scary and we went on to talk about that a little bit in our, our back and forth was Scallon had talked about Nick Saban's comments on the NIL. And, and basically Saban was saying, are you, are you sure you want me to, to be able to work with the NIL? Because if that's true, um, I think I have a lot more potential as far as uh, recruiting power than, than what I did before. I think that's why he's yeah, saying I mean, that, that that's assuming that everything that was done before <laughs> there was no money exchanging mm -hmm. hands. And I'll True. tell you the, when, when I listened um, to the washed up walk-ons talk about this, they talk uh, extensively about the, some of their teammates um, at Iowa that were offered scholarships at other places with some stuff going down under the table. So I'm not saying that the NIL cleans up the under the table work, but it certainly makes it a little easier to do it over the table. Right. Which, which we've seen already, you yeah. know, as far as the recruiting piece, if you go play here, I'll pay you whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, next one's for me. Uh, I have no problem with the transfer portal, though I do think it should be closed. I like this idea right here. Should be closed from the start of fall camp through the last regular season game. Just doesn't seem right that kids play three games, decide they don't like the direction of the season, and enter the portal. Kansas had a running back who started the first three games or three or four games, didn't like how his season was going, entered the portal, and by the end of the season, the Kansas running back room was so decimated with injuries that they were putting receivers back there. Hard enough to coach when your depth is challenged by injury, but even harder when your roster is changing in midseason because of the portal. I would be interested to know how many kids enter the portal and never find another home. Maybe it's zero, but I doubt it. I just worry that some kids pull the ejector cord and never find another opportunity. Not a reason to stop the portal, but hopefully kids go in with eyes wide open. Final note, I'm pretty sure that most NCAA sports have always had open transfer rules. My wife has a friend who coaches D1's women's tennis, D1 women's tennis, and if I understood her correctly, they've always had transfers in and out that don't have to sit a year. In other words, the concept of the portal isn't new, just to some sports. If I'm wrong about that, hopefully someone will correct me. And I think Scallon just sent a tweet um, to, uh, to Meet and I about how many people were in the portal, how many people had accepted um, scholarships, and how many were still available. So those numbers are out there. It's just a matter of, of finding them. And so uh, the, the three of us were going back and forth with that. So there are some numbers out there. Um, any thoughts on that one? Oh. I like the idea behind the, the through camp to the end of the season, it being closed. I like that. Um, Christy is the next one for, uh, for feedback. ZZ Top, so this is two episodes ago. Paul doesn't fake smile for pictures, but he does close his eyes in 98% of them. <laughs> or I squint and you can't tell if my eyes are open, however you want to look at it. Why do softball and baseball coaches dress differently? I think both should wear the Shorts, polo, pullover. Uh, the bike coaching shorts were awful. I hope they don't make a comeback. I do not care for the shorter shorts that kids are wearing now either. I think they look weird. I think dress code across the board has become more lax, and then COVID pushed that even more to be very casual. It used to be for basketball, you had to dress up, no jeans. I do like when the players have matching warm-ups that they can wear on game days like basketball and soccer do. I also think it's great that football wears their jerseys on game day. When the players are wearing their gear, it's easy in school to identify those players and wish them luck. Fans, Bill, I'm so glad you that you finally had to sit and wait for two hours for the not quick at all Bob Brown quick loop in Urbandale. I generally have to take three out of our four vehicles there and spend a lot of my time waiting. That doesn't seem very polite, but 
that's fine that she said it that way. Um, I do not agree with high school kids or college kids transferring from school to school for athletics. I think it sets a poor precedent and is really not best for them. To me, it's basically like if you don't like where you are, where you are at, it's no big deal because you can go somewhere else and some players just move from school to school. Life isn't always going to go your way. Learning to persevere through and how to deal with it will get you further. In. Thoughts on that one or thoughts? No. Rock Sweckle is the next one. Very interesting pod. I agree with Scallon that Saban isn't saying for me. I think he's saying, you guys sure you want to do this? NIL is obviously impacting recruiting. Look at Deion Sanders. Can't remember school he coached for, but the number one recruit just went there claiming it was to pave the way for kids to go to black schools as athletes. Well, really what I read was he was getting $1.2 million to go there. Good luck getting anyone to say no to that. Also look at Xavier at SCP. I think he came to Iowa because he knows in Iowa he can be a brand versus Ohio State. He's just another four or five-star recruit. People at Iowa will instantly buy his merchandise. Transfer portal going to just be a bidding war unless some rules go around it. I don't know what those should be either. though. So that was that. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the bidding war theory, but that's that's saying that like the money is unlimited. You know, like the it's that's not true. I mean, at some point, like you can't give 10 guys from the same school X number of million dollars because like they'd have to do that every year. Right. You know, like whatever, it just like that money runs out. Like, I'm not saying that, that there probably aren't some bidding wars, but to think that every five-star guy, it's going to be a bidding war. I don't think that's accurate. Cause I just don't think that money is, is there. We're going to, we're going to talk about something here in just a second about, about NIL and, and recruiting and things like that. We'll get to that here in just a second. But I don't um, want to say anything bad to Brock because he was. Um, called me wise man he did uh, feedback and then i'm a little upset that like tom i mean his reaction like lee's a wise man like i didn't really like his reaction to that so and thank you for listening yeah and that's why he was not asked to come back this week because <laughs> he, he said that and we know for sure he's not listening yeah um this is from peter sand Podcast feedback, and, and this one I appreciated because he and Chad Weedman, and I'll talk about Chad here in just a second, helped with the uh, the oil, changing of oil. Podcast feedback. Fansville, I changed the oil on our vehicles this weekend, actually. I usually do oil changes at around 5,000 miles. For our Chevy vehicles, the dash usually reports 30% oil life when I change it at a 5,000-mile interval. Shout out to Kevin Boyce for teaching me car maintenance. I still apply what I learned in his auto class, auto tech classes at, at Norwalk High School. I gained enough knowledge from him to feel confident to perform maintenance on our cars and to attempt other repairs on my own. I think it's unfortunate we no longer offer those auto tech classes at Norwalk. And speaking of oil, I realized while snow blowing, I haven't checked my checked or changed the oil on my snowblower for years. So I need to do that better so I don't run into an issue like your lawnmower. I also added oil to our snowblower before I used it. Uh, on Saturday morning because I was fearful of the lawnmower incident. But I appreciate Pete telling me 5,000 miles in Chevy equals about 30% um, oil life. So good to know, good to know. And then Jeff Gravy, and you got this one also, correct? Yep. Dress for teaching, coaching, being a PE teacher, I am in shorts no matter what, no matter the weather, coaching football, at uh, Dowling Catholic khaki pants, no matter how hot, unless you are old like the Wiz. Uh, polos, even under cold weather gear. Wrestling, it's khakis during the week, but very common weekends, um, it's jeans. Track meet, whatever the temp dictates. Comfort is key. Gold bond is non-negotiable. Fansville, oil change. Drop mine at Onstats in the morning and pick up after school. They are great about getting me in. Transfer portal. College is a slippery slope now with NIL. However, I am good with a one-time transfer. Who knows what happened? Coach Lee's family situations, or maybe not a good fit. Agree with Scallon. It's interesting why a guy like ISU Safety is transferring, but don't know his situation either. Might not always be that they are unhappy with current program. High school-wise, transferring seems to have been 
an issue before it was in college, maybe less restrictions. I will once again promote Norwalk State dual wrestling team last year as the only homegrown team at the state duels last year and last 3A. Um, and then I talked to, uh, ran into Chad Weedman, and he said that his, uh, he, he typically changes the oil in his vehicles at 5,000 miles, although he has been a little more apt to wait until the oil life um, light tells him on his, uh, on his reminder. And so I asked, how close to 5,000 is it to, you know, 10% or whatever is left on your oil life? And he said he hasn't paid much attention to that, so he doesn't know. Here's my interesting piece. That's it for feedback, unless you had any other from last week. The, the interesting thing is, is that NAL has, has had somewhat of an impact on the recruiting game, right? I mean, you, you, somebody else can come in and now pay a kid to go and, and it can fall under NIL. Why haven't the other rules to um, recruiting changed? Like you can't, you can't schedule a meeting with a junior because that's illegal, but some some guy from the NFL, if he's good enough, can come in and pay a kid in high school to go to some other school once his high school playing days are over a million dollars. But you can't, as a coach, you can't talk to him his junior year. You have to, and I'm air quoting, run into him in the hallways. Yeah. I just don't understand why those rules are not being looked at and revamped a little. I would say it is is mostly due to the fact that the the name image like this thing is just so far behind you know and it, I, we talk about the the big money nils but let's just talk about bowen born being able to run a basketball camp with his name on it and take the money off it like those are the more common nils that there are the the big ones they're great they're the flashy sexy ones but they pale in comparison to the amount of, you know, the, the apparel, the camps, like why has that ever been a rule anyway that a kid couldn't run a, a basketball camp, put his name on it and take the money from it. That seems silly to me. So I think that it was just so outdated and so far behind that that was the, the piece they tackled first. And, and if we're honest, people are much more concerned about amateurism than they are recruiting rules. So are you, are you saying that eventually those recruiting rules will be addressed and, and possibly changed? I mean, I don't know that. Is there a, an organization that drags their feet more than the NCAA? No, there's no. not. I'll just answer the question. There's not. And they are, they're, they're trying to be in charge of a of a group of schools where in reality they have no control over those schools i mean it's they don't they don't tell anybody what to do unless it affects the amount of money they're going to make sure Play it, it's simple. just interesting yeah um so we're gonna move on to high school sports um boys basketball six and six overall tied for fifth in the little hawkeye conference girls Seven and six overall tied. Nope, they're just fourth overall in the uh, Little Hawkeye Conference standings. You want to go basketball? Yeah. Um, I believe we are seven and three in basketball, boys basketball. Um, third in the Little Hawkeye Conference. Uh, DCG and Pella each have one loss. We have two in the, the conference. We go to Pella tomorrow night, so it'll be a big game. Uh, girls. Oh man. I hate when they don't play the same amount of games. I want to say like nine and three, 10 they and three, be either one more or two more than the boys, depending no, on at, at least, at least two more. Yeah. We just played a, a girls Glenwood. only game on Tuesday. Yeah. How good is Glenwood? Played, they are impressive. Who did they lose to? Johnston. Johnston? Okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. That that was a that was a very impressive basketball team that was in Indianola the other night. They were really good and fun to watch, and uh, they they were good. Um, yeah, and then our girls. I don't know if everyone's played the same amount of games in the conference, but um, we would be tied for first with DCG and Grinnell in losses anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
wrestling. We are, well, we're seven and four now because we just beat Urbandale tonight. I don't know if we ended up beating Waukee. I didn't, I didn't see the final of that. And we are third currently in uh, Lohonkai Conference. No idea overall dual record, but I would assume that we are leading the Little Hawkeye Conference because right. we, we have not lost a duel in that. In the beat, uh, you beat DCG, and then obviously it'll be down. It could be a three-way tie if we beat you next Thursday. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, should be a great, should be a great atmosphere. And it's just a duel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, swimming, looks like we're two and five, and I don't know what the standings are, and I don't know how that works because the we, we, we are – I don't know if we're with Carol, if Carol is a part of the conference. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the, the conference works or if we're just with the Metro for swimming. Don't understand swimming and conference affiliation. That's what I'm telling you. But we're two and five overall. Yeah, we do not have a conference affiliation for uh, swimming. Uh, we did host the Little Hawkeye Conference invite tonight. Uh, it was myself in the office today and then um our administrative assistant tanya i gave her the option of if she wanted to go to swimming or if she wanted to do 9b jv basketball she chose swimming smart choice because they get done earlier um i definitely understood why she did that i do not know how it ended i did not get a chance to talk to her she she stopped by the office but i was in the gym so i did not get to see her but i would assume that we did pretty well we have a a, a nice swim team we did lose to ankeny centennial or i guess it's just ankeny um we always i just call them centennial but ankeny has just one swim team do they and, really yeah yep do that they have a pool in each school no they swim at um at the Y? I want to like DMAC maybe or something. Oh, okay. I didn't know I, I, could I, be, that... I could be wrong. It's it's a YMCA or a DMAC. I can't remember what I put in there for the location because it wasn't it was at our place this year. So I'm not exactly I'm sure. Yeah. So they, they yeah, they have a, a very large yeah, a very large swim team. I bet. Um, I bet. Yeah. Well, I mean the, that's a big school district. So we did lose to them, but we've had a pretty good year other than good. that. I don't good. think we've lost to anybody else. Okay. Bowling. Uh, boys are four and two and in first place in our conference. I don't know if it's called the Little High Guy Conference or not. Uh, and then the girls are no, three and not. three, and they're in third place. Um, I, I do not know really anything about bowling uh, as it currently stands, but I am currently writing the write-up for our girls bowler that is going to be inducted into the hall of fame next Friday. And her career was unbelievable. You talk about somebody that's just good at bowling, the accolades, the, the individual achievements she had were unbelievable. What years were she there? She graduated from Indianola in uh, 2017. Okay. Okay. And then went on to bowl at Grandview. I mean, it, I'm just typing it up. I'm looking at the notes that she sent us in. And I mean, that's a pretty decorated career. So that was pretty cool. And when are you doing the Hall of Fame induction? I know you do it at halftime of a basketball game. No, we do it in between. In between, sorry. Boys. Yep. So that way that our team is. Is it tomorrow? Going. It's next Friday, a week from tomorrow. Who do you who do you play then? DCG. DCG. Oh, that'll be huge too. Yeah. Should be a yeah. big, big night basketball wise, and then and then doing the Hall of Fame. That's a good choice. Yeah, we have we have two um, people going into the Hall of Fame, and actually, in the last couple of years, we've revamped our Hall of Fame criteria. It used to just be a purely head coach voted criteria, so they would nominate and then vote. Uh, it got to be a little tricky because then coaches that have no idea who these people are are then voting. Um, so we decided to make, um, you know, criteria where, you know, like theoretically when you are done at Indianola, you will know in five years, we always, we do a five year lapse between when they graduate and then when they get inducted, just to make sure like we're still in good standing in the community and we're not like inducting somebody in prison. Um, so, <laughs> so we, we have made it so that each, person in a in a sport um would um 
get inducted based on what they did at the state level is how we have decided to do it. Sure. So. Okay. Well, that's good. And, yeah. and it's, and it's cut down the number of um, nominees every year, right. Or inductees every year. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some, and I talked to a couple of the people that were in the hall of fame and they just made the comment, like, it doesn't feel like there there's a lot to be proud of when there's that many people in the hall of fame based on, you know, you look at some of their plaques and like what their achievements were in high sure. school, you know, are we, are we inducting the best athletes or are we inducting nice people that were part of good teams or, you know, like it, it, it became kind of troublesome because there was no way to stop it unless we just totally changed everything. And I, and I don't think there's any, 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 school that probably has not had that argument or discussion yeah about you know what what are you what are you going for when it comes to your hall of fame that's yeah. my guess this is just this is just nice because we're going to know who's in the hall of fame and we're also going to know they're they are well deserving because they were one of the best players or athletes in the state in right. a certain sport or sports agreed agreed um well, just uh, uh, IFCA got to have a, a meeting last uh, well, on Monday um, at Boone again, uh, and this time it was about rules and, and uh, ethics, and I thought that that meeting went really well, and some things that came out of it <clears throat> essentially is we need, to, we need to do a better job of, of distinguishing between you hosting a camp at your high school with a college that's there to, uh, to run it and you going to a team camp. Um, and so what, what does that look like? And then some other ins and outs of things, but um, I think the IFCA and the IHSAA have been, been really good at, at uh, working with one another and, and it's been really good and, and positive and, and I'm excited about the, uh, the communication that's going on between everybody there. So just a little update there. So non-sponsor. You're going to have to, if we've had this one, um, I, I apologize, but I hope we have not. Skittles gummies. Mm. Um, quite, a, quite a delicious little treat for those of you who, who enjoy the gummy um, and in Skittles. You enjoy Skittles. So you would be a perfect candidate, I think, for Skittles gummies. Have you had them? I have. Sound, I'm, I'm super intrigued, though. They're delicious. They're delicious. And and I would never. Have we had Rudy's? Have we had Rudy's at a as a non-sponsor yet? No, I'm waiting for Schmitz to be oh, to be a guest with us to have Rudy's. Boycotted the podcast. He is not. Hmm. He is not. I mean, he says he has, but he he's still he's still in. Him and him and Archer in the old PE department. Taking I think care we of need to. Thing. I think we need to get um, a guest of somebody that maybe got married in Rudy's when we do Rudy's as a non-sponsor. <laughs> How do I find that out? I don't know. Didn't they have like that wedding arch in there? I have no idea if anybody, I, I don't know. Okay. Those of you that are listening and you're in, and you're in Norwalk or around Norwalk, do you know of anybody that got married in Rudy's? I swear. I only, only in there a couple times, but I swear <laughs> one time I was in there, there was like a wedding arch against the wall. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I cannot answer that. This podcast has just gone off the rails at this point. Let's get to the uh, whatever yeah. it's called. Papa Bird. Papa Bird. So let's go. Table. Maximum capacity. Why are we talking about maximum capacity? Here's the deal. When I start to see kids that I don't, and, and understand this, this is another shot. I am as far from the high school as you could possibly get and still be considered the high school where I'm located. Your old room in, mm -hmm. in Eastfield. That's where I'm at. So I don't where see legends kids. where legends teach. Apparently I don't see kids very often anymore. And I am now to the point where if I don't see you every single day, it takes me just a little bit of time to come up with the name. Like, uh, uh, and then you walk away and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Walk away. And then I'm well, okay. That's who that was. At what point in time. And so this is where this was going with me is at what point in time are you full? Your memory is full and you do not have the ability or the capacity to remember a name or an event or an occurrence or something that happened. 
Um, and then another example would be Christy talks to me about, hey, do you remember so-and-so from Loris? No, name sounds familiar, but I don't remember them. See a picture of them, kind of remember them, but, but don't really. So what happens, like what is the time that someone stays in your memory? What is the time that somebody, um, how long do they stay in your memory before they are replaced by somebody else that you see more frequently and, and often? And I don't know the answer to that. What do you got for thoughts on that? The answer is how much you care to remember. You know, so if, if you don't remember them, that's because they are not memorable. And that's just how it is. And I'm not saying that somebody that's non-memorable is not important. I'm not saying that. To you, there is a reason why you don't remember. If it's somebody that, like, honestly, if, if it's somebody you hung out with every day at Loris and you don't remember them, then you probably have some sort of memory issue. But if it's somebody that was at a couple parties you were at and you don't remember them, it's because they weren't memorable. That's how long it lasts. Every, every year, I can, I can rattle off just about every number and name of a kid on the roster. Because I, I, I do stats all the time. But by November, ugh, I, I can't remember if he was 56 or if he was 59. I can't remember that. So that is now gone because I'm not using it all the time. It doesn't mean it's any less memorable just now that I'm not using it. So does that have something to do with it or not? Well, did you really remember it or were you just looking on a sheet of paper with somebody's number on it? No, but I, like I, could, I could sit down and write, I could write our whole starting lineup out, name, number, position, and not have to look at a thing. I can, I can zip right through it. And then for the, the like the tackle sheets, because I still do it by hand, I could, I could write just about every single person's number that I need to put on the defensive side of the ball for tackles, and then I can write their name in. But now you can't remember? I can't remember all of them. Huh. I can't. And I can't remember from three years ago when I could do it during the 2019 football season. I did it for 11 games, 12 if you count our scrimmage. And now I can't. So I don't well, know. Like, I, I don't, memory is an interesting like, thing. Certainly some of those kids – you could go back many years and you could remember their number, right? Sure. Yeah, because they're memorable. The other kids weren't memorable. You have a reason to remember them. <laughs> like, so you're saying that like Brady Bransfield is number twelve, right? And that he'll you'll always do that. Well, right? I also have. I, he gave me a gift. Actually, he gave me two gifts. I have a helmet with his number on it somewhere in here. A mini helmet. And then he also gave me a collage of pictures, which has, so I walk by it every time I come downstairs. And they all like, Brock Schweckel was 51, you know, but then so was Orrin Waters. So then I guess the question is, which one was better? I'm going to leave that up for interpretation here. But we said Orrin was better. We said yeah. Orrin was better. Well, I'm just, you know, like there's just certain people, like why would I know those numbers? You know, like that was a long time ago and I'm not, in Norwalk, nor do I like look at your roster now. And maybe that's the difference is I don't know who those numbers are now on your team. So at the end of the day, what I'm hearing you say is, is that um, I, I really have to do some soul searching because the kids that I have a tough time remembering their name, they're not memorable to me. And I should feel terrible as a coach that I don't remember their name. No, you can't, you can't, you, not everybody in your life can be memorable. It's not possible. I mean, it's no different that that isn't, again, some of the people's names you remember in your class were not your greatest students, <laughs> right? I mean, it, again, it's not like a character thing. It's just some of them, you know, are stick in your mind for different reasons because of their memorability. Okay. That's a word, okay. but again, it's not a knock on somebody. Some people are more memorable than others. And, and, do some people have a, a capacity to remember different things than other people? For instance, you know, I, I always get, well, I, I get crap given to me all the time about remembering a game or a play or, or you know, and what was going on at that point in time and everything. And um, do, 
obviously some people have a have a tendency or a capacity to remember things like that too yeah and that's that's the same thing though you're remembering a play you know or a, a score of a game but you don't remember every play of that correct game. correct you know, very like true you're, you're remember yeah, but you are, you're really good at, you would say, Hey, do you remember week six in 2007 and we were playing Sheraton at their place and it was third and six and we did this, like you are very good at that. And you, you always have been, at least since I've known you, like that's, but that's how you talk about situations too. But you, again, in that game, you couldn't say, well, what, what happened with nine minutes left in the second quarter? Well, I, I don't remember that. I just remember these. I also remember the train was still going off and. Sheridan. Oh, that was 2009, though. That was 2009. Oh, okay. That was awful. We lost 14-13. Uh, See? Missed an extra point and an extra point blocked. Terrible. Anyway, I, I just – that was that was the reason for maximum capacity. It was just because we I, – I, if I don't see you every day and, and, and get into that routine of interacting with you and using your name, then it takes me a little bit to uh, – to come back and, and throw your name out. And a lot of people, it's, they don't get this because they aren't in education. But are people in education, is there another career where you're forced to learn as many people's names and faces as that? I mean, no way. you think about, you know, like you're not recycling a lot of kids is just like a, a regular teacher in the high school. You're probably not going to see the same kid twice during the day because you're probably teaching the same class right? all day or close to all day. And, and so you're almost, you're forced to then remember more names and people um, because it's your job. Like you don't want to sit there and have to look at your seating chart. You is know, there every, a ceiling? Is, is a person's memory limitless? Uh, I'm sure like, I'm sure some people's memory is, is, I don't know if limitless is the right word, but there's definitely some people, they can't remember a name of somebody they met 15 minutes ago. You know, that's just true. how true. people, that's just how people, what did he say his name was again? You know, like that, that's not abnormal either. That's just how some people are. All I can remember but, is Brendan Fraser in A Blast from the Past, where he uses the person's name seven times. Do you remember that with uh, Alicia Silverstone? He's in the bar and, and he meets the young lady and he uses her name over and over and over and over again. And he said the best way to remember somebody's name is to use it and to continue to use it and whatever he said. Anyway, Blast from the Past might be one for you, Katie, to, to go ahead and watch. But can can a let's say a high school teacher, can a, can a high school teacher know – a thousand kids names and hang on to that for 10 years all thousand kids that they have in high school i think i think they can i think they can i think it would also be uncommon but i i don't think that would be out of the question for somebody to remember i also wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't remember a hundred names from the last 10 years sure sure okay so you're telling me if i'm hearing you correctly it varies so greatly from person to person, that it's impossible for us to put a thumb on some absolutes when it comes to memory. Again, I think it's how important is it to you? Because I'll tell you this, as a teacher, one of the more important things for me to do when I greeted kids at the door was able, being able to greet them by their name. Not just good morning, not just or how nickname. are you doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or nickname. Yeah. And that, that was important to me because I think you've said it on this podcast before people like to hear their own name. Heck yeah. You know, Especially I think, kids. I th yeah. And I think that's true when you're talking to them, when you can say, you know, good morning, Paul, how are you doing? It's a lot different than good morning. How are you doing? Like it's different. You know, it's a reason why people at like the front desk of a YMCA, the ones that the people like the most are the ones that know everybody when they come in. Like it's sure. just, it just means more to them. So, but I also think there are probably teachers that don't really care to know everybody's name by memory. To me personally, I thought it was very important. So I did learn all of their names and I try to hold on to that as much as I can, because you do run into those kids again, 
how uncommon it, it, it is a lot, especially when you don't live in that town. But I know there's a lot of kids that I taught in Norwalk. If they walk by me, I still know their name. I see their face and I know exactly who it is. My issue is it takes me just a little bit longer now to remember. You know, spring chicken, Paul. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's where this whole thing came from. So what I, what I would love is, is to hear from other people what their thoughts are on, on maximum capacity when it comes to memory and, and names. Um, even if you want to talk dates and places and games and, and you know, big events and things like that that happen, but um, that would be good. That would be good, I think. Any other final thoughts on that one? What'd you think of that, that little? <clears throat> I think it's a topic that you don't really think about until you think about it, you know, or when you, when somebody walks by you and you can't remember their name, like, you know, exactly who that person is, you know, exactly where they sat in your classroom, what year, and you cannot remember their name. Because for me, if that happens, that will bother me for a, pretty decent amount of time mine right now is I, I will see them in the hallway i'll be like hey how's it going and then four steps past me i remember their name and i'm not going to turn around and be like yes you are lee nelson yeah. i'm i'm yeah. it, that that's where i i get bothered by that but you know that's okay okay but the memorable, the, the memorable kids you would say their name right away and and the kids that i interact with a lot yeah you know what I mean? And I think that that to me, the more interaction I have with them, the more memorable they become because I have more memories with them, if that makes sense. Sounds like you need to get out in the hallways a little bit more. 100 percent. I agree. And I need to get out. of I need to get out of my my uh, corner. Maybe I you agree. could do that for like, I don't know, 59 minutes a day or something. <laughs> well done. Yes, that's also good. So history, history piece. Jojo Bice hit a thousand points on Monday night. Um, quite an accomplishment. And I'll be honest with you, I can I can only think of three girls total um, in, in our basketball program. Her Jojo being the third that that hit a thousand points. And 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 obviously, Joe Martin, fact checker, you're going to have to help us with this. But I think Joe Martin is one. I think uh, Kelsey Cermak is two, and I think Jojo is three. And I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I think that's the uh, um, that's where we're at. So kudos to, to Jojo. Um, she's had a heck of a career and, and not bad for her, her second sport hit a thousand points yeah, for real. As, as she gets ready to, to finish her final soccer season and then go to Iowa state and play soccer, um, when she's done with high school. So that's our, that's our history. You got any history from, uh, in an Do you want to talk about your bowler? We, no, we had a thousand point score this oh, year good. Lauren Blake okay and and the uh the thing that we have she a junior or a senior she's a senior okay and the thing that we have started to do with our girls basketball program and maybe I shouldn't say start but there are um and we're doing Indianola graduates here um I believe Lauren was the fifth Indianola graduate in the girls basketball program to score a thousand points and basically how this has worked um, since I've been there, and I know it, it happened before, but there was a little bit of a gap between a thousand point scores. Um, I think it was, you know, like the, the 10 year gap ish somewhere around there. So the cool thing that, that our girls basketball program does is it, it does its best to reach out to all the prior 1000 point scores. So when they do the presentation, for that player, the the players before that player that scored a thousand points would then present the plaque oh, to good. Um, the player, which is really cool. And it was it was even more special this year because Lauren's mom, who would have been the first thousand point scorer in Indianola history, got to present the plaque. What um, was her main daughter? Uh, Abby Archibald. Archibald, there we go. Yeah. So I just. I, and I sent Abby a, a text afterwards because I don't know if you can have a cooler moment in sports than that, like where you get to see the, the family side of, of athletics as well. Uh, but just overall, I think that idea is, is really cool. And it kind of becomes the sisterhood, right, of, of these people. They are in a select club together, 
and then when the next person does it, you know, we try to get them all back together um, to do the same thing for them. I just think it's really cool. Yeah, I would agree. That is pretty cool. Um, so we're going to move to our positive. And, and this is this is really a, a Norwalk High School thing where we have a distinguished warrior um, and, and we give it out to two people a month. And, and the reason why I think this is a positive is it is our staff voting for people who are doing really good things. And, and once you become a distinguished warrior for the month, you're now not eligible then. So eventually you'd like to think that everybody will, will get there. And we just have an awful lot of people um, who are doing a lot of really good things for us. And, and um, I think that's a pretty cool thing that, that we get to nominate and get to select based on the staff nominating and selecting other staff members custodians, secretaries, teachers, associates, everybody gets is, is eligible and, and uh, it's pretty awesome. We get to do that. So that's our positive for the week. What do you got? Uh, my positive, and I was thinking about this um, on Saturday because I did it, um, but I love the community um, attacking of snow removal in a neighborhood. Oh, sure. Um, you know, like there, there are some people that just have a shovel. Um, there are obviously other people that have um, a snowblower. Some people have the blade. I just love watching everybody get together in just a big old snow removal party on a Saturday morning. I just think it's awesome. Do you remember we talked about this last year? How I didn't understand why if I have a snowblower, somebody else comes down with a snowblower to snow blow my driveway, but the guy with the shovel doesn't necessarily get the, get the help. I, I, anyway, but it is, it is pretty cool when, you know, when like from where we sit, when you come out in our driveway and you look up and there are eight snow blowers and you see eight, eight uh, snow blowers working in the snow blowing, it, it's pretty cool to see that too. So that's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. The amount of snow that we got, you know, on Friday night, the, I felt so bad for people that were trying to shovel like kudos to them because it would have been a, a heck of a lot easier just to sit in your house, but to like even go out there and attempt it, you, you really couldn't make a dent in an hour. There was just too much snow. I, uh, so it was, I awesome. shoveled Friday night and I'm glad that I did just from the standpoint, it was so wet and so heavy Friday night that I was glad I got it out of the way and then cranked up the snowblower on Saturday and very thankful I did just the way our driveway sits it it puts a drift right down the middle of the driveway and it was really big and even though I did shovel quite a bit on Friday night there was a ton in our driveway on Saturday morning yeah it was wild yeah yeah it was a lot okay so here's the deal guys that are listening what's your what's your process in the uh in the public bathroom for urinals um you got any movies that you want Katie to uh to review um thank you to to skittles gummies for the non-sponsorship tonight and then of course maximum capacity when it comes to memory things like that love to hear from you on that and uh go from there kirk ferentz in the building for us tomorrow morning 8 a.m he's coming to visit so that's a big deal for us at uh at norwalk is he coming down to you guys at all do you know i've not heard anything um coming in and We'll, uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him and Jay Neiman. So that'll be exciting. But um, you got anything final? No. Nothing? Okay. Well, this was episode 72. Thanks you for coming on, um, covering for Tom, who, who was, because of his comments made about you. Yeah. One week suspension. Out. Yeah, one, one week suspension. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll hear from him next week. And then uh, he had to sit out one podcast because he was ejected from the last. That's his, that's his suspension. He's even though, he, even though he would have gotten ejected at the beginning of the podcast, he then has to sit out that one Just in one. the next. Um, and, and he, his punishment should be that he has to listen to this. Um, that should be what he has to do in order to get back to make him listen to this. But yep. if you got anything, let us know. Otherwise I, I appreciate uh, everybody listening and, and, uh, Appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming. And this is episode 72, maximum capacity of Talking the Walk. I am Paul Patterson signing off. I am guest host Lee Nelson. Thanks for listening. Closing time.
Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show. Yeah.